Okay, before we jump into today's show, I have something really important that I want to talk to you about. I'm working on this a really kind of a top secret project, something that I'm really passionate about that I think is going to help a lot of people. And I wanted to see if I could get your help. Now, I'm not going to talk about exactly what this project is, but let's just say it's specifically designed for people who do not yet have a real estate business. They wanna be in real estate. They love the idea of starting a wholesaling or a flipping or a buy and hold kind of a business. They've been listening to my podcasts or other podcasts and they really wanna get started, but there's something holding them back. There's something that's keeping them from doing it. It could be their own self-doubt. It could be friends and family telling them they're crazy. It could be as simple as they just don't have a plan. They don't know where to start. They don't even know what to do first. Like, how do I start this journey? I want to help with that. And by you reaching out to me and telling me that's who you are, that you're that person who wants a real estate investing company, whether it be a side hustle or you want to do this full time, you want it to be your main thing. Either way, if you haven't gotten started and something's holding you back, I don't care what it is. Could be, like I said, you, could be your family, could be your spouse, could be just lack of knowledge. Like you just don't know what to do first. You don't know how to start. Or maybe you don't even know what it is you want to do in real estate. You don't know if you want to flip. You don't know if you want to be a wholesaler. You don't know if you want to buy rentals. If you fall into any of those categories and you want my help with it, I am offering that to you right now. All you have to do is go to mike at juststartrealestate.com and put in the subject line, help, and I will reach out to you. I don't care if you've never done anything before. If you're completely green and you don't have a clue as to where to get started, that's the person that I'm looking for. And maybe you do know what you want to do. Maybe you know exactly what you want to do in real estate, but still something's holding you back. You have some fear or something. I want to help you get unstuck. So please take advantage of this opportunity. Reach out to me, email me at mike at juststartrealestate.com, subject line help, and I will get right back to you. We'll set up a time. We'll hop on a call and we'll chat. I want to help you get unstuck so you can move forward and realize your dream of having a real estate investing company. So reach out to me, use that email address, subject line help. I can't wait to hear from you. All right, guys, let's dive into the show. And that if you follow these basic tenets, your startup would have a great deal of, you know, more success, you know, one out of every two fail, nine out of 10 don't make it to your 10. So I've had three companies make it to year 20. I felt like, you know, that these rules would be helpful. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys, thank you for joining me here on the show today. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate you spending time with me. There's a lot of ways you could be spending your time and you are spending with me. So thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. And because I appreciate it so much, I try to bring you the best of the best guests that I can possibly find. I scour the earth to find the most inspirational, smartest people I can find. And today I've got a good one for you. He is a serial entrepreneur. He has started over 20 companies in the last 20 years and still launches a new venture annually. He's an investor a teacher, highly sought after speaker who communicates with humor and bluntness. And he's 
to the point, guys. He's super engaging, and he also has a very popular podcast that I was uh, honored to be a part of. It's called The 10-Minute Entrepreneur on iTunes. Go check it out. He's also the author of Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success. You need to check that out. We talked about the book a little bit in the show. Uh, I really, really resonate with with uh, this guest, and uh, his name is Sean Castrina. Uh, very smart entrepreneur, very focused on creating systems and processes and creating a profitable business that has positive cash flow and checking the numbers and knowing what what's working and what's not. And we had a great conversation about building businesses, and it, it wasn't really focused hardcore on real estate, but... It's really just to demonstrate the point that the philosophies that work to build a real estate company work in all industries. This is cross-platform, guys. This is cross-industry. So this is a really good, I'm telling you, this is packed with a lot of really, really, really good stuff. Good conversation, good tips, and good little gold nuggets along the way. So get ready for this one. I think you're going to love it. And without any further ado, I give you Sean Castrina. All right, Sean, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you agreeing to do this on my show. I was just on your show. So thank you for reciprocating. Oh, no, I'm glad to be on the podcast. I'm excited. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. We we talked here quickly, briefly before we went live. Uh, your show is 10 minutes. So you're used to this 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 condensed time frame where you sort of get a lot of value in in a short amount of time. I love that. We're, we're a little bit longer than that, but this is going to be interesting. I hope I, in 10 minutes, you don't go, hey, Mike, I'm done, man. That's all I, that's all I got. I'm used to a 10-minute format <laughs> because I'm, no, I'm, I know, I'm, I'm I know that you have the ability to go and go, man. So we're going to cram a lot into uh, a short amount of time for my show. Um, but let's do this. Let's, if you don't mind, uh, let's dig in. There's so much about your past and about your, um, you know, everything that's happened to you in your life. And I, I, I go in and I always do some forensics and I make sure that I understand who I'm talking to and, and, and really do some research so I can have an intelligent conversation. And I, I was just inspired by what's happened to you, what you've gone through, what you've built, like all the good and the bad and what made you, you and a very interesting person, a very knowledgeable person I talked to, but maybe let's, let's dial back to maybe before all the crazy success and talk about how you got to be an entrepreneur, why you're an entrepreneur, what types of things led to that in your life. Yeah, um, I, I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. I was I went to college on an athletic scholarship. So I have a mindset where put me in a room of 100 people, strong, survive. I'll be a CEO of a company one day. I mean, that's just kind of, to me, if, yeah. you, if I joined the military, I would sincerely believe I'd be a general one day. It's just how my mind would work. So yeah. it's going to go to college, get out, get a good job, and then work my way up to the top. And yeah. and I, I got a great job coming out of college. I, I agreed to go work for a company for free for 90 days following graduation because I wanted to skip the five rungs on the ladder. So yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to go to the top of the heap yeah. and see if I can earn a, a job by working for free. And it worked out really well. I'm still super close friends with the person who I actually live with there. And, but there was a leadership change about five years into that, like overnight, the CEO that had been there forever left and we all got let go. And so I kind of lost my dream job. And, and it hit me then that you, you, a job is not secure. It's just not, it's, you know, at the very least, like my wife's a nurse, at the very least, you have to put up with stuff you don't even like. Like yep. there's things that she doesn't like, but she just tolerates it because she knows how to play on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I don't, and, and I think as an entrepreneur, you get to the point where you, you got sharper elbows and you don't <laughs> want to make other people rich. 
you know, like I, there's certain jobs I'd love to have. Like if I could be the commissioner of the NFL, I'm in 49 yeah. million a year, free jet forever. Okay. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. But, but other than that, there's very few jobs that are like being an entrepreneur. Now you went to college, you said uh, as an athlete, wrestler, am I right about yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. So definitely a team sport, but not in the same way that maybe football or like, you know, referencing the exactly. NFL. It's so an individual sport. We uh, say. Yeah, yeah. Individual sport. Right. So then maybe yeah. that's a little bit of like, kind of what like, yeah, I want to succeed, but I, I, I can, I can succeed. I don't need everyone else to succeed. So, um, but that, that's a great, it's a great point. The, 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 the promise of stability and the security that you have. And I, I grew up in Michigan, man, it's automotive, it's union. Like imagine, what the path was in my world, like go get a job in a union security for life. Right. It's like, but even that doesn't work anymore. People still get fired. Right. So there is no real security in a nine to five. I totally agree with you. And I went that route too. I, my thing was, I'm going to be an executive at a, at a, probably an automotive company. Like that's what I'm going to do. And I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur either. So we, I, I definitely identify with you there. And then, you know, when I lost lost my job, then I knew I would never work for anybody. Once that happened, then I'm like, okay, the gloves are off. I'll do something temporarily while I kind of look and see what I'm going to do. And and that kind of started. I actually started selling insurance because if you're halfway articulate and know how to talk to people and have a bachelor's degree, financial services, they come hunting for you. Yep. And I started, a, which was funny how I got started. I started it because it was my test tube, you know, my incubator for everything I've done since then. I was in sales meetings every Monday and it was the first time I was around ultra wealthy people. And that first time I was around millionaires regularly, people driving hundred, hundred, you know, $200,000 cars. And so in our sales meeting, you could see all these great cars when I pull up and I said, what if you could clean these cars in the parking lot? Now, obviously there's car washes every three blocks now in America. Yeah. 25 years ago, that wasn't the case. And I'm like, what if you could clean it literally like right in this parking lot? At the time, you would maybe if they had a detail and they come pick your car up and bring it back at the end of the day. But I'm like, what if we could clean it right here in the parking lot? Needless to say, I started a detailing company called Waxmaster Mobile Detailing, America's Choice in Mobile Detailing. I still remember the tagline. Phone number was toll three nine which was one eight eight We Detail. Still remember because nice. I'm branding is my thing. Yeah. And when I set up that company, I made thirty five thousand dollars of passive income. I never cleaned a car and I never worked more than an hour a week. I kept, I was doing the insurance and I knew then that okay, I'd figured it. I, 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 I learned then one of the chess pieces on the board because business is nothing but chess pieces. Every piece moves a little bit differently. Yep. Employment is being, is playing checkers. You move linear, try to get to the end of the board, maybe as far as you get. And maybe if you're lucky, you become a king and you can jump back faster on the way back, but it's all linear movement. Yeah. Chess is different. So once I figured out that like, okay, somebody, I don't have to love the business. Like, I, I didn't care about it. I knew it would be profitable. Yeah. I don't have to do the work. I don't have to work even in this business. Like, I automated it. You called in, you spoke with somebody, and, you know, I had a virtual secretary who scheduled everything. And yeah. at the end of the week, I did a 50 50 split with my person. But I made $35,000. Well, 35000 of passive income when you're 25 <laughs> is like crack. Yeah. I mean, it's that's a good. You, a can, lot of, you, know, lot I, you can buy real estate, you can do a lot with it. Yeah. Well, that became the engine. And then I've rinsed and repeated that formula over the last 25 years with service companies. And that's kind of my go-to formula. That's awesome. I, I tell you what, I, I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur for a good chunk of my early life. And I, I know you, you had another path that you were taking for a while. Uh, 
and I know that you have started a lot of businesses in your lifetime, that is like the entrepreneurial like candy store, right? Starting businesses and and kind of developing and, and if you can systematize them and make them passive, like that's what we're all trying to do, I think, on some level. Some people yeah. get into a business where they, they love it and they want to be in it. But like you said, the car detailing, you weren't passionate about cleaning I've cars. I've never cleaned a car to this day. But you knew it was a business that you could automate. It was going to be something you could get up and running and not have to worry about. I, I'm built the same way, man. It's almost it's almost a sickness that I have to I have to throttle back. And I, I suspect you're similar, that you have more ideas of things that you could do than you actually do because of time and just yeah and and that's exactly it's funny because a business i had a business opportunity presented to me two days ago and i was like i was talking to my wife i'm like i could do it and i could make money but i just had to put it out i'm like no i just don't i don't have i can't get i don't have the bandwidth in my brain to give it that like you know it's like i gotta really pick my spots i was presented with a business opportunity literally last night that i knew would be a no-brainer almost no effort and it would work and I was I was actually at dinner with my wife and this other couple, and I, I w- he was like, what do you think? And I was like, you know what? And my wife goes, didn't you make a resolution that you were going to simplify this year? You were not going to add more to your plate? And I'm like... You're right. You're totally right. I have to, I have to not, I have to not do it. I can't, I can't get involved because I know me and I, I'll do it because it's, it's yeah. viable and it would be not that big of a deal. But you know, you can stack up a lot of small, small time, you know, uh, time obligations. If you stack them high enough, it becomes a great big time obligation, <laughs> you know, all those small ones. So I, I know for me, I have to throttle back sometimes when I want to do things. Yeah, I call it the law of, of, of could not should. In other words, just because I can doesn't mean I should. Yeah. Like I could make the business work and I know I could make money at it. And and like like Steve Jobs, he was looking over 340 different ideas when he took over as CEO in 97, but he focused on the iPod. Mm-hmm. And that was the screen technology that led to the, you know, he picked yep. the one thing, shelved everything else, picked yeah. the one thing that he thought, and he picked the right thing. Yep. So we, we get a lot of good choices, but they're not always great choices. And sometimes the timing is just not right. Well, in that vein, right, Steve Jobs, when he came back to Apple in 97, the years prior to him coming back, they were trying too much. They, they had oh, their hands in too, too many, many things. things, and they were like mediocre at best at all of them. And that's why he cleared the decks and went for the iPad. Great analogy and, and very relevant to, to exactly what we're talking about. You, you don't have to do everything. Matter of fact, you're not going to be good if you do everything. Do a couple things really, really well. Um, listen, I, I, wanna, I don't want to uh, dwell on it, but I want to at least talk about it because I find it incredibly inspiring. I know, and it, this is online, so I'm not yeah. digging into a personal thing that yeah. you've never discussed. Yeah. You were born uh, legally blind. That is correct. How, how did that affect you growing up? And how, if at all, does it affect you as an adult? Not necessarily your vision, but just the yeah. experience. Well, I mean, one is I have a brother who's completely blind, so I can keep things in perspective. So the fact that I can look at, you know, I can can see enough to pass a driving a driver's license test is always good. But no, I I, I was I my vision was so bad. But again, when you have a blind brother, you have to put in perspective. He can't see anything. Yeah. So anything that I can see, I'm playing with the house is money. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, it, it limits, you know, like playing baseball, when a ball gets hit back at you, you know, immediately right then, yeah. Hey, I don't like this. Yeah. Like this is a sport I can't play. Like I, lacrosse, I can't play lacrosse. The ball moves too fast. I, I don't see well enough to do that. Now you can see why wrestling is perfect. Yep. Soccer was fine. It's a pretty big ball. You know, if you can't see a soccer ball, you got you know, some bigger issues. So it, it'll, it eliminates things, but I think it's, the old thing is whenever you lack in something, 
You have to be better. You have to like ways of solving problems. Like the way I did it, like when I first started getting my driver's license, I was not quite sure if I could pass the test because that 2040. Yeah. Now this is whether this isn't probably not a good thing to do, but so I would go to the DMV a week in advance, look in the thing to say, I just want to test my contacts. Yeah. And I would memorize, I would keep, I'd memorize the, the, um, the line so that I could pass it when I came back a week later. Wow. So I'd move in. I'd be like, hey, is that a D there? And she, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I would, and that would be it. So I had it because I was, I mean, I did that for 15 years. Wow. Of renewing it. Then I ended up getting uh, LASIK. Sir, I was like in the test group of uh, insertable contact. They did um, implantable contact lenses. I had cataract surgery in my 30s, wow. which is crazy. You don't know to get that to your like 70s. Right. I had a partially detached retina. I've, I mean, I've, everything you can do with your eye. My eyes have been through every every conceivable thing. But what you get is is that you you, you know where you get an obstacle, you figure you climb over it, and and yeah. that just kind of paints the picture of who you become. Yeah, I love it. And and I brought it up and and I was kind of anticipating something along those lines where it, you just figured out how to work around it. You worked with it, you worked around it, you learned how to get over it, get past it, defeat whatever was in your way. And I think that's a great metaphor and it's probably part of the reason why you are who you are. You realized it, if everything isn't just handed to you, you have to figure out how to go make it work. And I love that story and I thought that was really interesting when I read that about you. So talk to me a little bit more about as you go forward um, in your your entrepreneurial journey, like we talked about the detailing cars and, and that, you work in an insurance company. Where did it go from there? What was next for you? So I, when I started doing the detailing, I, I started understanding marketing and I had advertised in a direct mail magazine where I lived and it was a really unique concept. And I'm like, I could do this in another. So it was kind of like a franchise, but they did licensing agreements. Okay. And so I looked in money magazine and there was a city about two and a half hours away from us at the time, Charlottesville, Virginia, the rock has a place here. John Grisham lives here. Howie Long has a place here. I mean, it's, it's an extremely nice city. University of Virginia. And I'm, I was, I knew we could live anywhere. I didn't really like where we were living. So I'm like, if I could start that magazine in this city, cause it was again, money magazine. So it was the nicest place to start a family. We just had a child. It would be great. So I reached out to the company and they'd said, well, we had tried two other people there and both of them had failed. Like we know it's a great city, but for whatever reason we've tried it and two other people failed. I'm okay. Okay. Does that mean it's available? Like, I don't care. So what you're telling me is, is that if I could do it, you would give it to me. They're like, yes, we would give it to you. Well, the rest is history. I started it and blew it up. I blew it into 23 cities and, and um, made a lot of money and was one of their top five publishers in the country every year and sold that in 2008. So I started that in 2000 for 2000, 2008, blew it into 23 cities when I did that and I started working with small businesses because they were my clients. And so the detailing business, and now I, I have this, I, I like service companies and a lot of my clients in the magazine were home service companies. Yeah. And I would do like two pages, like a two page spread of homes. So it would be like a maid company, a plumbing company, whatever. Yeah. And I was intrigued by them because the owners did pretty well. Fairly. I, I remember, you know, service companies are fairly simple. Yep. So I was trying to get my office when I started the magazine, 
I wanted to get my office, which was in my dining room. I want to get my dining room turned into an office. There it is. And I, it's hard to be, you know, selling people. You got a chandelier over your head and crown molding. So I just wanted it to look like an office. So I tried to hire a handyman and I lived in a very nice housing development and I could not get a handyman. Nobody could recommend one to me. It was a darn thing. It was like trying to find a one-eyed leprechaun <laughs> again. So I went back to my detailing concept. I'm like, well, I didn't have one in my magazine. Yeah. Nobody could refer one to me. So I started a company called Advantage Handyman Services. That's when there was a phone book. The A for Advantage meant we'd be listed first. Yep. Didn't reinvent the wheel there. Yep. The tagline again, always take the boldest position, the leader in home repairs and projects. I blew that into a multi-million dollar company within three years. Now it, you know, it'll be an eight-figure company. We have eight divisions now. We do everything you can still imagine. Still own it. You still own it. Still own it. Okay. And it's 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 a juggernaut. And I own other, like I own a digital marketing company too, but it's the same formula to me. Yeah. Service companies. Yeah. You know, the, the magazine was great and, and that served me well. But once I really got a taste of the service companies, like, I'll, like I'll take my son one time to the office and I'll show him vans. I'll say every van that goes out today, I'm going to make $43 every single hour, every single person. Yeah. Every single van. So every time you drive by your dad's place, Count the vans. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. I count. I play a game of count the vans. Yeah. The vans will tell you how much money your dad makes. Nice, nice. That's a great. And it's a great lesson for the kids too. I love yeah. that you bring your son along and kind of explain that to him because. Yeah. And I grew up in not. I grew up in the most anti-entrepreneurial family you ever saw in your life. So that's something you still have now. Curiosity: Why not sell that? It's too easy and too. It's just too easy. It's funny as a guy who's in the real estate world, yeah. me. Uh, and I hire, I've hired contractors for the last 13 plus years. I find it to be one of the most difficult, frustrating things that I do in business because contractors are not, I don't know how I want to phrase this. I'm they're not contractors reliable. Listening. They're, they're not yeah. reliable. They're, they don't have a good business yeah. sense. A lot of times they'll shoot themselves in the foot. They'll kill a relationship with yeah. short sightedness. So and you're dealing with that world. Like, how do you maintain a crew of people that you can rely on? It's real simple. I know every one of their weaknesses and I put in guardrails so they can't screw up. So I only, when I hire a contractor, I just want them to do one thing, do the craft that you're good at. If you're a carpenter, I just want you to be a carpenter. If you're a plumber, I just want you to do plumbing. Right. We will do everything else for you. We do the estimating for you. We do your scheduling. We coordinate you. We Without you realizing it, we treat you like a 12-year-old, but you just don't know it. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. If you take away all the things that typically- We take away everything but the one thing we can't do. And this is what I tell them. Hey, what you do, I can't do. I don't know how to lay ceramic tile. Right. So you just stay in your lane. I can get, I can get, I can get an office staff to schedule. I can get a salesperson to, to, to book the work. I, I, I create systems in my sleep. That's what yeah. I'm good at. I just need you to do ceramic tile every day. Great. Can you do that? Yes, I can do that. Great. Fine. Well, great. I'll pay you $32 an hour. I can charge $120 an hour for a ceramic tile guy. Yeah. That's I don't know about you. That's an eighty-four, you know, $88 margin. Yeah. Yep. That's good. So do your guys just do one thing then or do they kind of do? I try. I try in different cases. I yeah. mean, generally you have specialty guys like my guy who can do bat, like my bathroom crew, they can do ceramic tile, a little bit of electric, a little bit of plumbing, a little bit of drywall. They have to have a broad skill because you can't send three people on top of each other. Right. But as a general rule, you try to get people that are, are you know, have a, a couple things that they're really good at. I try not to have people that are really finite. 
because yeah. it's a, it's a one-eyed leprechaun and you just yeah. can't do enough with them. So I, I, I really, one of my favorite words that I talk about in hiring is I love capacity. I like the Bill Belichick. I like the person who could do three different positions. Yeah. 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 Give me a really smart person who need, who wants a paycheck and I, and with some talent, I can, you know, I can do a lot with a person like that. So I, I do I like it. capacity. I love it, man. And so am I reading this right that you've started over 20 companies? Is that true? Yeah. And yeah. you still try to start, you still have a goal of every starting a new year, company every, every single year. year. Wow. Well, when I did the magazine for one, to every time we went into a city, I would have to recruit a publisher and start a company yeah. because I he would be he would run his own company. So I basically partner with him so that he would have a company. So that wasn't hard to start nearly twenty in eight years. Then when I started the um, my service companies, we would start a new company every year within our umbrella, our, our sister of companies yeah. you know, under the umbrella, and so we have. A, you know, example, we have a roofing division, a siding division, you know, we have a bathroom remodeling division, we have on staff interior designers from the New York Institute of Art, we have, uh, you know, I have kitchen designers, you know, we have everything you can do for your house, I have it set up as a company, Yeah. sitting nice. under a larger umbrella. And then, you know, just other, I started Gig Strategic, people can look that up, it's a digital marketing company, getstartedmarketing.com, you can find that online, Podcast Squad, I started with my 19 year old son. So. I'm addicted. And that's, and it's the difference. Some people are business owners. They have an entrepreneurial moment, yep. which is fine. They start a business and they get out from under their job and they create their own thing and they're happy with that. There is nothing wrong with that, yeah. but it stops there. They did it once and they hold on to it for dear life. Yep. Yep. An entrepreneur, it's like, it's like Shark Tank. When you watch them, they're addicted to it. Mark Cuban, they're addicted for, to the next thing they can get involved in. They, they can't help themselves. <laughs> yeah. They got to say no because they want to do it. It's just like what you were yeah. presented with. When you're an entrepreneur, you're constantly looking for something that works within what you know and understand. Totally. Totally. Man, I, I want to dive a little bit into your book, The Unbra uh, Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success. I really want to understand from your perspective, a guy who's started a lot of business, it sounds like you've had nothing but just success. I know it's all I started a retail that. business and I got, and that was a colossal failure. And that's when I learned stay in your lane. Yeah. Service companies. I, I knew as soon as I was saying it, I yeah. knew there were, there were things, there were setbacks yeah. and challenges. There's some sure. baggage along the way. Yeah. Yeah. There's always things, but you've had great success. You've started a lot Absolutely. of companies. What, what, what are they unbreakable rules? What, what are they? I mean, we don't, we don't get yeah. deep cause I want to, I want people to go get yeah, the book, but go obviously let's quickly. go through them. Yeah. They can get the book for free. So that's the beauty of it. And I'll there give it go. away at the end anyway. So it won't matter. So I, I was on the, I was take my roommates and their families on a beach vacation every year. And about nine years ago, I was just kind of like on the beach. I had a legal pad and I was reading a book and I started just writing down one sentences on why my businesses did well. They're like axioms. And I would put like better the devil, you know, than the devil you don't know. So I don't, I'm not as apt to fire somebody as I am to fix someone. Yeah. That would be one little rule. Okay. Fire fast. If you, if you think you need to fire somebody, then fire. I, you know, cash is like oxygen. There's no such thing as a word of mouth company. They go out of business. Just that would be just an example. So I yeah. kind of like to start writing these things down. Right. And then I broke them into what I thought were like eight rules. And that if you follow these basic tenets, your startup would have a great deal of, you know, more success, you know, one out of every two fail nine out of 10 don't make it to year 10. So I've had three companies make it to year 20. I felt like, you know, that these rules would be helpful. And the first one was, I talk about being, you know, um, what you call being qualified, and every profession 
other than entrepreneurship, you got to be qualified. Like if you want to be an engineer, you got to go to school to be an engineer. You want to be a teacher. My, my wife's a nurse. You got to go to, you know, go to school. Um, you want to be a lawyer. So you're, you're big for, you know, medical, legal, engineering, teaching. You got to go to college. And I agree. I think that's great. They should. They have, they figure that out. But entrepreneurship, I disagree. I don't think college is necessarily the way to go. And the proof of that is all our billion dollar entrepreneurs never went back to school. Bill Gates never went back to school. Zuckerberg never went back. Steve Jobs never went back. Why is it greatest entrepreneurs in the world, big billion dollar companies never went back to school? Not a, not a class load. Is it because they're quitters, Sean? No, because they don't need <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're quitters. Yeah. They don't need it. They just buy yeah. the, they buy the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or they acquire it through hiring. Mark hires Sandberg and, you know, boom, the rest is history. Bill Gates yeah. has, you know, Steve Ballmer and other great smart people and the rest is history. Yep. So, you know, I, I just think that you need to develop the qualities first of a successful person. Yeah. Like there are certain people that will succeed no matter what you give them. The first startup may fail, but they're going to figure this out. This yeah. is, you know, starting a business has left bread trail, breadcrumbs. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. Yep. So the, I just say, you know, you got to have the qualities of a successful person. Do you take action without delay? Do you procrastinate? Do you know how to build a team? Are you likable? Do you have some salesmanship in you? Do you have some self-confidence? I mean, there's some basic skills that I think if you have those, you're far more likely to succeed. Yep, absolutely. And um, so th that was the first point of the book is that I'll always bet on the person. Give me a, you know, give me somebody with, you know, relentless energy smart, um, you know, a desire to, to be, to achieve an incredible work ethic. I'll give you back a successful entrepreneur. Yeah. We'll figure this thing out. I'm not worried, but you give me somebody lacking all, you can give them the idea for Google. They're still, it doesn't matter. We've all met people that are just idiots. Yeah. I apologize. Or they're undisciplined. Yeah. You can give them anything and they're still going to screw it up. And I, and so my idea, you know, first the rule is, you know, be a great entrepreneur. Number two was, you got to qualify your idea. That's why I wrote my most recent book is called actually the world's greatest business plan that actually works is because an idea has to be tested a little bit. A business plan tests an idea, kind of vets it, does some due diligence. However you want to do it, you don't just have an idea and then run and go put it at a store. You don't, you got to vet your idea. You got to beta test it a little bit. There's got, yeah. you got to find out if you have a receptive marketplace. Yep. The problem is entrepreneurs just, you know, the only person they've taken criticism from is their family. And then, oh, Johnny, I'm sure you can do it. Or what? No, yeah. I want to, you know, it, again, you got to test your idea. You got to qualify. It. Third thing I talked about is you got to plan for success. That's the other reason why I like a business plan because you got to, it's a battle plan. Who's your competition? How are you going to be different? Yep. What is going to be your competitive advantage? What's going to be your unique selling proposition? What's going to be your marketing strategy? How are you going to acquire customers? What vehicles are you going to use to acquire customers? What's your cost of acquisition going to be? I can go on and on like a, like a shotgun. If you don't know that, you're going to have a really hard – this is a hard game to win if you don't know any of the rules. Yeah, totally. So I like to, you know, I like to plan out how my business is going to function. Number four, I talk about you need to protect yourself and your business. This is, you know, do you, did you incorporate? Do you have a partnership agreement? Do you have any patents, trademarks, copyrights, things that intellectual property that you need to just do some, you know, there's some due diligence that you need to do to protect yourself. Number five was you need to build a successful team. That's critical. You want nothing has ever, you know, Steve Jobs said nothing, you know, nothing great's ever been done by one person, simply put. Yep. You know, so build a successful team. Love that. 
Number six was marketing is not optional. You know, it's very simple. In business, if you really think about it, it's three things. You acquire customers, you know, you attract customers, you sell customers, and you do fulfillment. Yeah. That's it. If you think about it, every single business only does three things. Now, there's strategies and systems how you may do those things, but the, you do three things. You attract customers, think about it. You sell customers, and you fulfill it. Yep. You either provide the product, provide service. That's it. That's business. One, two, three. You, yep. can, you can complicate it all you want, but that's the only three things you do, things you do in business. 100%. So um, marketing is one of those. Attracting customers is one of those three pillars. Yep. So marketing is not optional. When people tell me they're going to be a word of mouth business, I'm like, well, you know what? Rolex doesn't seem to go that approach. I mean, everybody knows of a Rolex, yep. but they still advertise quite a bit. Yep. They're on every golf and tennis event and every major sporting event. Yep. Okay. Next, know your numbers. When business owners tell me they're going to meet with their accountant at the end of the quarter to find out how they did, I'm like, they're going to be out of business. Yeah. Like I, I, I get, I'm going to get a report sent to me while during this podcast at the end of the day from my team. And it's going to be an Excel spreadsheet of every number that matters to me. Yeah. Because I want to know the numbers. I know the numbers that are critical to me. And, and as a business owner, you need to know your margins. Yeah. Are your costs getting higher? Is your cost to acquire a customer getting higher? Are your margins shrinking? Are your vendors squeezing you out because their prices are going up? I'm in construction. You know, one of the major things, well, roof trusses for a job would have been $2,800. Today, it's almost $4,500. It's gone up, you know, like 80%. So we got to so increase our costs going forward. If not, I'm gonna, at the end of next year, I'm going to go, why didn't we make any money? We, we did $3 million and then my, one of my partners go, well, yeah, but our, our, our material costs doubled last year. Yeah. So if I don't know these numbers, I'm going to really think we, well, we did such and such million, but my costs internally, yeah. I didn't account for that. So, so you got to know, got to know your numbers. And then finally, you got to be a learner. You got to learn from experience. You need to, if you can get a mentor and you can get a mentor, they're not hard. Go to any business owner, tell them you love their business and you would love to just drink, have a cup of coffee with them once a month. You'll bring the coffee to them. Do it with three people in your town. I guarantee you. One will say yes. Yeah. Because business owners love to get patted on the back and they love to tell you what they're doing. Yep. They love to tell you how they did good. Yep. To say, John, I love your business. I'm starting a company. I would love to just be able to bounce a couple things off you just for 20 minutes once a month. I'll bring you a cup of coffee. Could, would you do that? Do it. I guarantee you one out of three will do it. I've done it two out of, you know, I actually have never heard a no. Yeah. Well, I did it going is, through business. You're right. I think they love talking about their success. They love doing that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of business people who are successful actually enjoy helping. Like they, they want do. to help They people. do. It's innate. They want to help but you. But here's the difference. You said something key. They're less, at least I'll speak from my own, my own perspective. They're less likely to want to help you if you say, can you meet for coffee at Starbucks down the road? No, they're they not coming. They're not doing They that. want to know that you have the initiative to bring them coffee. Make it as dead easy easy for them as possible. And then 20 minutes sounds yeah. better than 30. Yep. I'm going to bring the questions to you. Yep. Never, ever ask that person for any investment in your companies. Never bring up yep. money. Yep. Ask for advice. Keep it. You're going to them for things. They're going to just tell them, I, go, I will meet you here anytime. I'll meet you here after work. I'll meet you here at lunch. I'll bring you a sandwich at lunch once a month. Yeah. I just would, I just know somebody like you with your experience will save me a ton of failure. They're going to say yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. The, the going to them and bringing them the coffee, I think, is key. And it's not because they're lazy or they need your coffee or your money. It's because you've shown that you want to do it so much that you're coming to them. You're not asking them to meet you halfway. They should not have to meet yeah. you halfway. They're, no, absolutely. You, you want to make something. it easy. They're doing you the favor and, and totally. show the courtesy. Yep. That's such a huge, man, that's huge for people out there listening that want to have that interaction with someone whose business they want to emulate or whose, whose knowledge they want to be able to get. Don't, don't ask them to come to you. Don't ask them to meet at a restaurant. Just go to them. Make it easy. They're, they're working. They're busy. The, the less exactly. driving they need to do to get to you, the better. So. And 20 minutes is the key. Listen to me. That 20 minutes is strategic. Yep. 30 minutes turns into 45. Yep. 20 minutes may turn into 30. They're totally. fine with that. Totally. 20 minutes is the secret number. I love it, man. Listen, I love that you came on. I love your message. You're an inspirational guy. I had the the uh, the pleasure of being on your podcast, so I, I knew what kind of a guy you were going into this, and I was excited, looking forward to this day. Is there anything else you want to share with people? Anything you want to tell them before we go? They can get that book free. Yeah, <laughs> Eight Unbreakable it. Rules is on my personal site at seancastrina.com. It's free. Okay. So go there, and you can get it. And if you like you know, I teach business. That's kind of what I do. I, I, my goal is to teach more entrepreneurs than anybody on the planet. And, and I feel like we're going to do that. So if you go to the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast, even my guests, I extract something teachable from every one of them that has to do with entrepreneurship. So the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast, if you like quick, short doses of teaching will help you or go to my personal website and get a free book. I love it, man. And we'll have all that in the show notes. So don't feel like you have to pull over or get off the treadmill. Like I'll put it on the show notes for you and go check that out. Sean, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate your time. You're a wealth of knowledge and it's a real pleasure to get to talk to you again. So thank you. Thank you, Mike. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. I had a good time talking to Sean. Uh, we definitely are cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. He is a serial entrepreneur. He's started a lot of companies. He definitely has a great way of building processes and systems. You heard him talk about it. Guys, this is the kind of folks that I love bringing to you because they're so passionate about growing and starting businesses and being successful and building a team all the things it takes to build a real estate investing company. So go out there, take this knowledge, take this enthusiasm, take this energy out with you into your day and make something happen for yourself. Now's the time. Quit thinking about it. Quit procrastinating about it. Go out and get it done. Make today the best day. We'll see you next time.